0: Your Positive, positive. Imprint. 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 Stories are everywhere. People and their positive action inspire positive achievements. Your PI could mean the world to you. Get ready for Your Positive Imprint.
1: Hello, this is Catherine, your host of Your Positive Imprint. I'm outside enjoying this beautiful walk. A Little bit of drizzling rain, some thunder, birds. It's a beautiful day. My featured guests include two commercial airline pilots stranded due to the closure of airports, and then Sarah, a documentary filmmaker, also joins us. Doug shares his perspectives on life. Dave shares those hidden opportunities due to weather flight delays. Thank you for joining me here on Your Positive Imprint, a free podcast. But please provide positive reviews, positive feedback, and hit that follow button and download my episodes. Again, thank you for joining me here on Your Positive Imprint. What's your PI? All right, so we have two pilots, Doug McInnes and Dave. Dave, I already forgot your last name. Wilson, Dave Wilson. And then we have a documentary (coughs) maker, documentary filmmaker, Sarah Lanier. Today, the reason we are all here together and they're, they're being very quiet. They're snickering here as I'm watching them. But uh, so listeners, I'm over here in Kodiak, Alaska, and we were up on a hill, Pillar Hill, looking down when the fog came in. And it was as soon as the fog completely covered Kodiak, there were absolutely no planes coming in or going out. Well, we have these two pilots. They are stranded here. So we're going to hear from them, and we will hear from Sarah, who was actually documenting the fog as it was rolling in. So, Doug, it ain't over till it's over. So tell me about that. Tell me about you and about your positive imprint.
2: All right. Well, first of all, it used to be uh, Pillar Hill prior to 1964, and then after the earthquake, it pushed up the mountain significantly, or the hill significantly, so now it's called Pillar Mountain. So but that's just
1: a I was joke. not here prior to 64. <laughs> <laughs> so just let's make let's keep that straight. Let's just know that.
2: <laughs> yeah. So Pillar, so Pillar Mountain. Mountain, yes. So the it ain't over till it's over is a quote that I like to tell my kids. And uh, it's because I reflect a lot on the uh oh, looking at a lot of other people's lives and looking at uh Bible character lives and uh, how in young life uh, things go pretty well and uh, you can look back on your youth and you see all the positive things perhaps you've done and and uh, some successes you graduate from high school you go into college you get a great job you get married you have children have a wonderful family and you're still young and full of energy and things look so bright and and then some uh it can be a what I focus most on telling my kids about you know over till it's over is staying on a moral truthful path because I've seen so many people uh they look back so much that they think their life is in the past and they think that nothing can go wrong now, and then they go on a path that changes their life forever and the negative and then you might look at their past and say yeah that was nice but look who you are who look who you've become uh, and it's not so positive and so I, I like to encourage my kids you know that i'm really proud of your successes i'm really proud of your achievements but you look back on those to learn you know we always want to learn from our mistakes or from our successes but you can't you can't build your life on them you have to move today is a new day Tomorrow hasn't yet come, so today is a day that we have to be be positive, we have to be faithful, we have to be good, we have to follow the right path. So when it ain't over till it's over uh, just indicates that uh, every day is a new day. And like uh, Martin Boozer is a, a musher from the Iditarod, and he's probably one of the most famous, he said it takes almost a lifetime to build a reputation, but it only takes a minute to destroy it. And, uh, that's true. So, uh, that's kind of what I want to look at my life too, is, uh, I want to be able to end my life well. And that takes a daily evaluating of self and, uh, never look, you know, look back for only the positive things and, uh, but uh, don't rest on your laurels. You got to, every day's a new day and keep going.
1: Well, wow. That is a positive imprint in itself with just what you've been explaining, talking about your kids. That's awesome. And I have to, to tell you here that I met Doug way back in 1984 here on Kodiak Island when my best friend was, had her eyes on you. Anyway, and, and now you're stuck in the fog, so it ain't over till it's over. So tomorrow the fog might lift. That's right. And you this just might get out ever, with...
2: This fog ain't forever.
1: The fog ain't forever, and, and your imprint is forever, though. That's right. And so anybody would want to have you as a pilot after listening to you. And and so you've had... Have you ever had close calls there on, the, on any of your flights?
2: Well, um, close calls, yes, there have been some. Uh, one was here in Kodiak flying for a local company and it was very gusty, windy and uh, about 45 knot crosswind and on a 20 foot wide runway oh. and I was flying a Cherokee 6 and my father-in-law was waiting for me so we could go eat a uh, donut at <laughs> <laughs> so I was anxious to land I was all by myself. There were no passengers aboard. I came within about two or three feet of touchdown, and a gust hit the airplane and threw me. I was still in the air, but uh, the plane was quickly uh, off the runway. I wasn't over top the runway anymore. I was to the side and getting ready to hit uh, a bunch of uh, uh, alder bushes, and I just pushed the power up maximum and right full rudder, and just barely made it. So I would have crashed right in front of a guy. <laughs> but that was uh, a, a very sudden one. And another one was uh, in the Coast Guard. We were leveling off at uh, to do a drug patrol. And we just pulled out our lunches mm-hmm. to eat. And I hear this noise. And I look out the window and a DC-10 filled the window. Oh, my. It was a DC-10 full of passengers. <laughs> and, uh... That was scary. We didn't hit it, obviously, but it was so close I could see the passengers in the window, and, and the whole front window was oh my filled with gosh. a DC-10 airplane.
1: You would have been seeing angels instead of people.
2: Yeah, that wow. was, those were two close <laughs> calls. I think of. Yeah. <laughs> That's,
1: That's definitely close calls. So, Dave, we're going to head over to you. I have to tell the listeners. Listeners, we have Dave. He is, let's see, it is now, I guess, midnight, 30. And he is catching a freight flight, well, only if you can get out from fog, at 3.30, eh? Yeah, 3.30. So we're just hanging out and not shooting the breeze. We're shooting the fog.
0: That's right. That's right. So the the phrase that uh, I told you earlier was from one of my favorite movies, and uh, it was with Sean Connery and Kevin Costner in a movie called The Untouchables. And it was when, uh, it was a movie about taking down Al Capone. And, and in the movie, Sean Connery is this Irish beat cop in Chicago in a very corrupt police force They were mostly all paid off by Capone's organization. And young Kevin Costner comes in, idealistic, and he wants to take down Capone. And uh, trying to work with this corrupt police force, it, it wasn't working out and so Co- costner meets sean connery and frustrated because he seems like every time there's a bust it, it it falls apart so sean told him if you don't want a rotten apple don't go to the barrel go to the tree and of course kevin wants to know what that means well they go to the police academy pick one right out of school and he builds a small team of guys that he trusts impeccably and they're willing to act, and live by their principles, and and do what's right at all cost. And that very small team that he handpicks brings down Capone. It's a great story.
1: So that that's. From coming from the untouchables. Now I for one did not see the movie, so I can't say. Wow, I remember that quote. A
0: great movie. <laughs> that's a good great movie. movie. It's a it is a good movie. Yeah, and based on a true story, of course, there's some editorial license in there, but it's a it it it's a great movie. That anyway. one will
3: stand the test of time, that movie. Yeah. Yeah. That's coming from so. a documentary filmmaker. Well, I'm not a narrative <laughs> filmmaker
1: <laughs> <laughs> You two are actually you were here for unfortunately a A funeral but now the fog has you in so Dave tell us about your imprint
0: (laughs) you know uh, so some of my more memorable occasions on in flying have been unscheduled delays due to weather because you are someplace that you didn't plan on being and, and often you meet people that you make friends with for a long time because you're in the situation with somebody else who is also Waiting out the fog or the weather and uh, there have been times in my life where the weather delayed me in a situation where god was able to use that for uh for for his good um in in one particular time i was flying the goose a grumman goose it's an 1940s vintage uh flying boat and uh i was stuck in a at a cannery on the west side of the island the uganic cannery and uh, I was invited to go down to the office and I was just sitting there having a cup of coffee, waiting for the weather to lift. And uh, a radio call came in from one of the setnet sites that delivered fish to this cannery. And they called in and said, hey, is your medic there? We have an injured crewman that's on its way in. And uh, so the medic came up and was on the radio with them and said, yeah, there's a, a power block pulled up an anchor and it fell on this guy's ankle. And he's bleeding out pretty good, and he needs to—he needs some help. And the uh, the cannery manager is a great guy, and we're still good friends. His name's Wayne Kwasnikoff. And uh, anyway, <clears throat> Wayne heard this radio call, and he said, "Dave, uh, you think you could get us to Kodiak?" And I said, I, "I think so. I think we can probably get out of here and lift it a little tiny bit." And uh, Anyway, this guy came in and he was, you could, when he, when they pulled up on the boat, the blood was pouring out of the top of his boots, his extra tough boots. And uh, and the medic said uh, this guy is going into shock and he is not gonna last long and we don't have time to wait for the Coast Guard to get out here. And so <clears throat> Wayne jumped in the airplane and helped and the medic and this guy came on and we flew straight into town. And I had and had I not been there delayed because of the weather, I would not have been there to help get this guy to town. So uh, unscheduled delays due to the weather, I always invite because there's some opportunity, somebody to meet, or some and maybe God's using this in order for me to be somewhere because He's going to use me. And that is not always the case, but I, I see it as an opportunity to. To either share his word or or to to be there for somebody.
1: Well that's a great story, and there's a quote right there in itself Unscheduled weather delays. So anything that you guys want to share about the fog today or or about the weather or just anything before we move on to our documentary filmmaker who kind of was making all this happen. <laughs>
0: I think she beckoned it in with her (laughs) filmmaking. I'm going to put the blame on this on Sarah. I think that's fair because
3: really, when I saw it on the horizon, I was like, "That'd be so cool if that came in." See, (laughs) well,
0: that's okay. You called it in. You called the fog in, Sarah. Well done. Now
3: now it's off of me.
1: That's it's off (laughs) of my shoulders because earlier Dave was saying it was my fault because I was doing my I was doing my uh, modern dance up there to the fog. I was doing a modern fog dance so Uh, and who showed up and oh yeah dog (laughs) so yeah I was out on top of pillar mountain and I was facing the ocean I was doing I like to just dance and I was doing my modern dance and I had a song on and suddenly this thing starts hitting me in the rear end and I turned around it was this cute dog and there was a man behind him (laughs) And He was laughing <laughs> and he said, I love watching modern dance. I wish my wife was here. <laughs> he says, I've never seen it danced up in the mountains. So uh, I was inspired actually to dance in the mountains or, or at that point because of the fog. It was, oh my goodness gracious. I will put, I will post to, you know, for you listeners on yourpositiveimprint.com. I will post some pictures of the fog that was rolling in and you will be able to see what we are talking about. So Sarah, the one that now is the blame for the fog rolling in, because she was calling it It and calling it with her camera. It's just
3: visually so appealing. It
1: was. (laughs) It was actually getting kind of cold, so it was, oh, blanket, come closer and just cover me up. Oh, yeah, (laughs) it was
3: a cold blanket. (laughs) (laughs) It was a cold blanket. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, that's why I said just leave me up here, because... I knew that I could get a lot from it. I just, my only, the only thing I'd wish is that I had more batteries up there and more cameras, because it was just every direction you looked, it was just beautiful, and the light was beautiful, because it was sunset, so all the light was just what we call golden hour. So that's when, because when the light's way up high, everything's flat, and that's not so good for, for film. But when the light's on the horizon like it was, everything has the shadows and texture, It's everything that you want. and I I wasn't planning on being there for that long, but boy, I ended up being there a while. (laughs) Yeah, several hours.
1: Uh, Your quote here is, you are too young for inspirational (laughs) quotes.
3: (laughs) Yeah, well, I just think that I'm, I still haven't seen enough of the world to create my own inspirational quotes. Like I don't have I feel like all of my quotes come from other people or things that they have told me or advice that I've been given, and I haven't reached the point yet where I'm like, here's my sage advice that I feel that I could pass this on. I can only pass on others' sage advice that I've lived by, but um, it I don't know if it's really my own yet, so that's why. That's my non-smart-alecky response. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right, so let's hear about your filmmaking and the fog and what's kept
3: these guys here and just what you... you we've heard a little bit about texture yeah. and what It was mountain. really neat. I figured it must be chaos down below because up on the mountain it was completely clear. Like, that was the cool part was that it just kind of rolled in. So I figured... And there was a plane above it. I did see a plane above it. And there was this one little hole in the clouds that it looked like he... Or fog that it looked like he was he or she was going for and... I just thought I the wouldn't want to be. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be that plane that looked terrifying. Just filming it, I was just like, "That's so crazy." Yeah. <laughs> so, but you guys, have you guys flown above the fog like that? Have you had to fly into that? Because
0: we, you know, at Alaska Airlines, you know, we've got uh, instrument guidance systems that that bring us right to the runway. So even when we have reduced visibility because of you know fog or rain or any number of things you know the advanced navigational capabilities of the airplane can bring us right to the airplane right to the airport uh on a very consistent and reliable basis big
1: planes not all the planes have that though do they
0: no no they don't no they don't this was Um,
1: one of those little ones yeah it was a little plane (laughs) what do you call them with the Uh,
3: um
0: the pontoons the floats yeah
3: the floats yeah. yeah it was one of those and I just, yeah, I have no idea where it went. But, boy, it's different when you're in the plane going into the clouds. I don't know, that's somehow better than watching a plane go into the clouds. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why that is. I never, like, that's, this is the first time I've seen a plane, like, descend into the clouds. Like, when you're when I was above, I've never been above the clouds watching a plane go down. And it was just, like, one of those things where you just think, man, I hope that pilot knows what they're doing. Because <laughs> I can't see a thing. And that was the last plane, because after that, it was total silence up there.
1: Mm.
3: Yeah, it was nice. I mean, not to say that I don't like people, but it was nice not having anybody up there, because it was just quiet with the clouds and the fog, and Mm. yeah.
1: So your imprint, Sarah, your positive imprint on some of your documentaries have been amazing. I mean, when people see your documentaries, and talk about
3: a, a little bit about some of the documentaries you've done. Um... I kind of have done, I've been kind of across the board in documentaries, so it's funny. I've gone from like sports videos or sports films to more personal films to art films um, to like avant-garde films. I've really kind of, I don't know, I've I've been across the gamut and I always thought that I'd be doing purely science films, (laughs) so it's kind of funny the way that life turns out, but. It's nice because you learn so many different things. So I've learned about ranching, and this trip I've learned a lot about king crabs and a lot about the fishing industry and how it used to. I don't know about it currently, but I know how it used to be when Guy was involved in it. I've read a lot of articles about that. And so you you just become like a mini expert on like really micro niches of things, which is fun because you're just constantly learning new things, and then being able to meet new people and get stories. I, I kind of don't see it as, a lot of times what I do is just treasure hunting for a story, and that's really fun. Uh, that's that's kind of why I went into what I went into, because I I wanted to communicate science better, but in communicating science better, what you're really doing is trying to find the story within the science. So yeah, that's I guess that's, yeah, that's, that's what I do. I think we have three great positive
1: imprints sitting right here. You all do such fantastic jobs, and you have a good sense of humor and a good heart. Gosh, what else is there before the fog lifts? Because when that fog lifts, you guys are running. We're out
0: of here.
1: Yes, but... you are.
0: Sarah, it was interesting. When I <clears throat> flew down here today, um, I sat next to uh, a gentleman who grew up here, and uh, he's in his 70s now. And he fished back in the day when crab was was prolific in the area. And he, he knows Guy Powell well. And it was interesting. Um, he immediately he said, you know, if Fish and Game would have listened to Guy Powell there would still be a lot of crab around here
1: oh that is too bad because kodiak is one of the first ones to have lost that industry the he, he was king interesting. crab
0: he said nobody knows king crab like guy and he said when uh, we would go to the fisheries management meetings guy would sit there and eloquently say you know talk about you know the life cycles and, uh, and all of these, these very specific details about uh, crab that only somebody who had been down there and observed them yeah. for hours could tell you. And, and he said, you know, after a lot of observation, female crab will not spawn with a small male. And he goes, you guys are fishing out all of the large males, and he says, even though there will be a large biomass of female crabs, they will not mate with the ones that are left. He says, if you keep if you keep uh, reducing the size of the crab that you're going to catch, you won't have a crab population because the, the females will not mate, or it won't spawn with a with a small male. And he goes, that we started off with like anything over 10 inch and then we fished them out and then 9 inch and then 8 inch and Guy said do not reduce it and we did and now we don't have any more crab. There was so much pressure on the uh, game, uh, the fisheries management board from the commercial fishermen that they gave in. He says but if they listen to Guy we would still have a, a, a king crab fishery here. And that was interesting coming from a guy that that I mean he was here when he then when they fished it out, he said, in my lifestyle, in my lifetime, here, we have fished out tanner crab, shrimp, and king crab, and it was all because we didn't listen to the marine biologist, but he had a lot of great things to say about guy. He said he didn't have an agenda, he just wanted to he just wanted to protect the species mm. and uh and I thought that that was. I mean, it, it was it was very interesting coming from somebody who had personal uh, experience. It was just in the someone field. you're
3: sitting next to on the plane. By just now.
0: some guy sitting next That's- to in the airplane. He's in his seventies, and he grew up and he and he and he, and he he helped his village of Old Fognac move to Port Lyons after the '64 earthquake. He was there. He said, "You know, FEMA wasn't around. There was no federal subsidy." He says, "We all worked together and just moved the village." I was like. Wow! Well,
3: wow, I would have liked to have interviewed him.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: no yeah, the, yeah, incredible guy. Incredible Honestly, zone. though, I get
3: more stories from people that I sit to on plane next to on planes than like any other place. Maybe it's because it's like you're a captive audience or something. Like nobody's going anywhere for the next like three and a half. Yeah, three hours. and a half That's hours, right. and so you just get like you meet the just the most random people, and oftentimes they have some sort of connection. To something about the place where you're going and so you and sooner or later you find it it's so it's just kind of an odd thing yeah. like it seems like every plane i've gone on where you've had a conversation with the person next to me it's always turned into something some story or another and it's always super interesting it keeps you enraptured for the next three hours <laughs> right there you go quite interesting and what dave is talking
1: about with guy powell is, well, Sarah, why don't you explain a little bit your documentary as to why you're here on Kodiak? Well, it's, it's like I was asked to be here. <laughs> well, what what's your doc? <laughs> yes, and what doc? You were asked
3: to be here. And so, What is the documentary you're working on? Well, it's the life of Guy Powell, I mean, really, and his impact on Kodiak, exactly what you were talking about, and mm-hmm. his passion for a subject that really there wasn't, any research done on the king crab before Guy. And he produced, I actually don't even know how many papers, research papers he produced. It was a lot, like just a huge number. And he would just go and he'd do so much diving and he has done so much for Kodiak too as a community. I mean, we heard when we went to the aquarium the other day with Guy, the gal there went up to a Guy and said, "Um, do you remember you got us the... um, what kind of dog was it, do you remember?
1: Yeah, it was a German Shepherd,
3: yeah. and it was named Crime Max. Stoppers. It was named Max. Great name. Crime Great Stoppers, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for Crime Stoppers, and she was like, do you remember that. Max? And she kept at, like, she was like, do you remember Max? And he didn't remember Max, but she was like, that was amazing that, that you did that, and that we got this dog, and it was, and she, like, was really moved by this, and really was very thankful, and of course, Guy couldn't remember it. He was there for the king crabs. The first thing he said when we walked into the aquarium was, where are the king crabs at? I was like, I don't even know if they have any here. And he's like, no, they're here. Where are they at? <laughs> <laughs> well, so I think we might be
1: ready to turn in for the, at least Dave is. He's got a... <laughs> he's hoping to get out. He's, out. In his, <laughs> he's in his jammies. Yeah, he, and everything. There, there you, you know. go. <laughs> he is. He is laying right here. And <laughs> we're all
3: hoping that the the fog will lift. How do you even get on a freight plane?
0: I put myself in a box. <laughs> put a stamp on it. Can you go for the best. <laughs> <and address> it.
1: <laughs> oh, we're burning the midnight oil now. Yeah. <laughs>
0: As, as pilots that are employed by an airline we have a, what is called the reciprocal agreement with other airlines um, there's a lot of a lot of pilots in our industry commute from where they live to where they work and uh, and so this reciprocal agreement uh, allows pilots um to be able to, uh, live in a, a different place and commute to work. And so we're, we're allowed to, to fly for free, uh, in the cockpit jump seat. Um, that's often there's, uh, one or two or more seats in the cockpit. Um, and, uh, given a free ride to, you know, wherever they're going, provided that there's room in the airplane. And, uh, Sometimes if there's a room, if there's a seat in the back of the airplane, um, we're allowed to sit there as well. But it is intended to help us to get back and forth to work.
2: That's how both of us got here in Kodiak. Yeah. we yeah. jump seated, yeah. yeah, which is really good.
0: It's standby and there's no assurance that you're going to make it on the airplane, but uh, it it helps a
2: lot. Catherine doesn't know anything about standby. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I was,
1: yeah, had to try it a couple times before I finally got on. <laughs> so, yeah, although there were still five seats available, but they closed the doors and took off. Yeah. The life so. of
0: standby is not nearly as glamorous as one might think. <laughs>
1: especially when your luggage might be on the plane that you thought you were going to go right. stand by on. So
0: we made it, but you didn't.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, it'll be waiting Somebody on the other please side. please mail my
3: luggage back. I did not make
0: it. There's a gentleman that's a friend of Doug and I who uh, made a, a, a statement or, or something. He said, Marry me and spend the rest of your life in lines at the airport. <laughs> <laughs> Flying standby. <laughs> That's what our wives have to look forward right. to. Right. Yeah, everybody else, they fly positive space and actually get where they're going when they intend to. But our wives and our families, no, we're too cheap to buy tickets, so we just fly standby everywhere. <laughs> and it's, we can't plan on being anywhere on time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: If you don't like free, you'll never make a good pilot. <laughs> yeah. right.
1: that's good advice yes, there you go <laughs> yeah. that's good advice so well this has been actually a really fun evening I, I, I'm sorry that I didn't turn on the recorder so the listeners could hear some of our conversations earlier because they were a gag <laughs> <laughs> just a lot of laughing and we have fabulous photos that Sarah's been sharing.
0: Yes, yes, very, very spectacular.
3: Yes, the Kodiak Brown Bears and the Northern Lights. Yeah, I'm gonna go back home and I'll never be able to take a good photo again. I'll be like, no, I could only be a good photographer in Kodiak. Yeah. (laughs) Well, we've had great
1: opportunity and we have great people here that have shown their faces and have, wow, they've shared their company with us all evening. Whether flight delays, opportunity or annoyance, email me or comment on my website with your own flight delays that turned into opportunity. This was really awesome, burning the midnight oil. Thank you, Doug, Dave, and Sarah. Music composed and performed by Chris Knoll, chrisknoll.com. Follow me on Facebook and Instagram, Your Positive Imprint, Twitter, What's Your PI. My podcast is free, Please support this podcast with positive reviews, feedback, listening, and following me. Your positive imprint. What's your P.I.?